It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, what's going on, guys? And welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti of Panthers Wire hitting you guys back up on this Saturday morning. Hope you guys have had a great week. Uh, if you guys are in the Northeast, hope you guys were staying safe on the snow. Uh, definitely a lot of issues there. A lot of snow. We up here in PA got qu- quite a bit of snow, probably about maybe seven, eight inches. And then we had the issue, of course, with Verizon. So even if you guys are like down south, you're having an issue with Verizon. It's hitting up here too. A uh, little, little worrisome for sure to not be able to make phone calls and send text messages. But Hopefully very soon they get that taken care of. But uh, again, hope you guys are staying safe and you guys are having a good week. I hope you guys are enjoying the Combine, which is underway. Actually watching it right now as I record. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about some of the highlights of day one of the NFL Scouting Combine, or at least the field drills of the Scouting Combine. We're going to look at some of the running backs and some of their performances, uh, certainly Running back could be a position of need when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. Again, we, with the release of Jonathan Stewart, uh, definitely a definitely an intriguing running back class for sure. Uh, obviously, it starts right at the top with Saquon Barkley and his ridiculous his ridiculous output, both on the field and off the field with some of his positions. I mean, you have to start with his. 29 bench press reps. I mean, we we knew the kid was athletic, but that is very impressive. 29, and it turns out he was actually not the only one to pump it up 29 times among the running backs. Nick Chubb as well of Georgia, who I am starting to think now could be a potential target uh, in the third round. If, if he's sitting there, I would... I would not be opposed to them grabbing Nick Chubb. And then think about that, a Nick Chubb-Christian-McCaffrey combination uh, for the Carolina Panthers. I think that would be crazy. But uh, back to Saquon Barkley, 29 bench press reps. He officially runs a 4-4-40. Um, His two two attempts that they clocked in unofficially were 4-4-1 and 4-4-2. He officially gets a 4-4-0-40, which I believe was the second... Uh, second fastest 40 among all running backs. As I'm scrolling right now, forget. Yeah, because we had a 4.38 from North Carolina State's Naheem Hines, who is certainly making a play on his own as far as uh, getting his name up there, getting getting his draft stock. So that's going to be two solid. Two solid players from North Carolina State as well, too, because uh, Jalen Samuels played a little running back, although he's probably more seen as a tight end, um, especially being the leading receiver in terms of receptions over the last couple of years for NC State. But uh, so 4 40 
for Saquon Barkley. He clocked in at six feet even, 233 pounds. So he's got, obviously, a lot of build for his side. A lot of build, a lot of athleticism. Clocked in with nine-and-a-half-inch hands. I mean, the guy has just basically cemented himself uh, in... Probably the top five picks, or at least top seven, again, depending on trades with quarterbacks, things like that. Uh, he also clocked in at a 4-2-4 short shuttle, which certainly is impressive as well. 20-yard um, shuttle, of course, because I actually found this article from last year. Uh, Chris Burke, buddy of mine, sent me this article on how to look at some of the drills. So you look at the short shuttle. It's all about... It's all about your change of direction. It really, it really takes a look at a player's ability to stop, change direction, and come straight out, straight back out. You know, you, you see it more with like defensive players, uh, but still four-two-four for for a guy like Barkley. You know, so that's pretty impressive in terms of his ability to change direction. So, obviously, don't expect the Panthers to. Go after Saquon Barkley, um, but being being a Penn State guy, it's still very uh, very exciting to see him perform so well and basically lock up a a top ten pick. You know, just kind of confirming what we already knew. And again, that's that's really what a lot of the combine is about. Is a lot of it is hope hoping to confirm what you already know or what you. I think you already know about a player. Because um, so, actually we've got wide receivers right now, so we're watching them run 40s as we're recording. So here you go, live live watch right now as we're recording. Marcel Aitman ran 4.63 in his first 40 and a 4.65 in his second 40. That, of course, is kind of a quote-unquote unofficial or I should say the quote-unquote other receiver at Oklahoma State behind uh, James Washington. Uh, 4 3 4 40 for DJ Chark, though, is very impressive. Uh, back to some of the other some of the other names. So, again, some of the bigger names. Darius Geis came in at 5'10.5", 224, 30 and 3 quarters inch arms, 9 inch hands. Uh, clocked in at a 4.49.40, so good to see a sub 4.5. Well, that was his first attempt. 4.60 in his second. Officially, he ends up with a 4.49.40, so good rep for him. 15 bench reps, 31.5 on the vertical. So a little bit of lower, lower body explosiveness there. Uh, again, we... Naheem, Naheem Hines, 5'8", just under 5'8 and a half, 198, 30 and three quarters inch arms, 8 and 7 eighths inch hands. Uh, he officially clocked, officially clocks in at a 4'3840, so certainly he's got some speed to burn. 30 and a half inch on the vertical, nine, just under 10 feet in the broad jump, so... Those numbers right there tell you that he's def he's got some lower body strength as well. So he he'll be an intriguing prospect to kind of go back and 
go back and watch uh, a couple others. Just looking through Ronald Jones, another of the big names out of USC. 5'11", 205, 31-inch arms, 8 and 3 quarter inch hands. Uh, did not run the 40, though, but he did clock in with a 36-and-a-half-inch on the vertical. But by all accounts, Jones is going to be one of the top guys, maybe among the top three running backs, along with him and Geis and Barkley. So could end up in the first round. Uh, Sony Michelle... Comes in at 5'10 and 5'8 inches, 214 pounds, 31 and a quarter inch hands. I'm sorry, 31 and a quarter inch arms, 9 and an eighth inch hands, 45440. So, again, I mean, not bad. You know, ideally, and we'll go back quick to that McShay article because he also posted kind of ideal times you want to look at with some position. Well, actually, he didn't mark running backs for. Interestingly enough, or I'm sorry, yes, he did. Um, and actually, below four five is outstanding. So you want to the average, and this this was written last year. Uh, but the average forty time over the prior five years was about four six. So four five is still a very good time for Sony Michelle. I think he's going to be a guy that he he's he's definitely one of my favorites as well. Uh, went back and watched him and Chubb a little bit, and I think I think teams are going to be more intrigued by the fact that Chubb, or I'm sorry, that Michelle had a little less has a little less mileage on him, and I th- and we kind of talked about this before because um, Chubb ended up getting kind of more of the work done in terms of reps, but. Again, I mean, they're they're both going to go fairly high. They'll both they'll both be gone probably within the first three rounds. Uh, but Michelle, Michelle is the p- possibility to sneak into the first round if you know he because he did he did test well, and um, you know certainly his pro day and his private workouts will be pretty telling as well. So it'll be interesting to see where he falls and compared to some of the other running backs. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rashad Penny, another intriguing guy out of San Diego State, 5'11", 220. He clocked in officially with a 4'4", and he put up 13 bench reps. Uh, Penny, of course... Very productive running back. He had over... He had, I believe... I'm going to bring it up quick for you guys. How many rushing yards he had in his senior season. He had... I thought so. He had 2,248 rushing yards in his senior season. 
And he also ran for over a thousand yards in 2016. And remember, this was this was with playing behind Donnell Pumphrey. So you could tell that you know San Diego State had a great rushing attack, 1,018 yards, 11 touchdowns, and this was with Rashad Penny, or excuse me, with Donnell Pumphrey posting all those yards, and then 2017 over 2,200 yards. And that was on just 289 carries. I mean, the kid averaged 7.8 yards per carry. His career yards per carry at San Diego State, a career over four years, was 7.5 yards per carry on just 488 career carries. Again, he didn't become the feature back until 2017, but still, he averaged 7.5 yards per carry, uh, in 2016 with 11 touchdowns, and then he scored 23 touchdowns rushing. And that was, I'm sorry, and going back, that was just 11 rushing yards. He also had three receiving touchdowns in 2016, and then he scored 25 total touchdowns on offense, and then you also add three more on special teams. He had two kickoff returns for a touchdown. And he had one punt return for a touchdown. So very, very versatile back is, is Penny. So really will be really will be intrigued to see where he lands. I think he's going to be – he's definitely one of the top guys. Um, and, again, seeing a 4-4, 4-4 out of him, again, 4-4-6 is, you know, certainly a very interesting – very very good time for him. I do want to go over to the offensive line though too quick because one of the big stories coming out of yesterday's workouts was the performance or maybe lack thereof of Oklahoma offensive tackle Orlando Brown. I mean, can you can you imagine I can, I can't even imagine the last time I've seen a player at any position, let alone offensive line, have such a disappointing performance at the combine as Orlando Brown did. You know, he, he clocked in at just under six feet eight, three hundred forty-five pounds. I mean, he's a big dude, but still, uh, he had thirty-five inch arms, nine and three quarters inch hands, but he ended up with a five eight six. 40 in his first run 577 his second attempt his official time was 585 he only put up 14 reps on the bench his vertical was only 19 and a half and his broad jump I, I think this was one of the most telling numbers of his performance six feet 10 inches let me repeat that for you guys Six feet, ten inches, when the average among all the linemen is probably in the neighborhood of eight feet, eight and a half feet. I mean, you're seeing a lot of guys eight feet. Some got into the nines. A couple got, one player even got to ten feet. There's a ten foot one from Colton Miller of UCLA. But six feet 10 inches for the broad jump is very, very lackluster. Because, again, the broad jump 
is one of the key drills that measures that measures a uh, a player's lower body explosiveness. Well, if a tackle doesn't have a lot of lower body explosiveness, then it's going to be really difficult for him to take care of some of those edge rushers. So this really here, and remember this this was a guy that was seen as a very as potentially a high pick. Some had him among some of his top tackles, but have dropped him since. On you know after after so long, um, but it, you you have to hope that he goes to his pro day and he performs really well and kind of wipes away. Because even Matt Miller tweeted that he was yelled at during some of the drills for loafing. I mean, that that's just crazy. Like how. This is literally a job interview. This is literally one of the biggest, I mean, probably the biggest job interview of any kind of job, or any kind of job, not just talking sports, but like anything. Because remember, these guys are going after this for like three months between your all-star games and now the combine and then your pro days. Like this is such a process to getting into the NFL and you're going to let this happen? Like, oh my goodness. Like, like that that's just staggering to me. You know, I, I, I just can't get over. Now, he, he was fairly average in terms of the three-cone drill at 787. You know, because a, a lot of the numbers are kind of in the higher sevens. You know, 7-6, seven, 7-7, seven, 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 but boy, I mean, and, and again, that the the five eight five forty is just it, it's staggering. You know, I'm gonna look how he compared to the how he compared to the other players. And here we are. So Brown's five eight five forty was nearly three tenths of a second slower than. The next lowest time, and that was Jamil Demby of Maine, who clocked in at five five eight. Three tenths of a second—that's quite a gap. Um, for for comparison, the fastest forty was a four eight two by Brian O'Neill of Pittsburgh. There there was actually four players, four offensive linemen, that clocked in with a sub five forty. Desmond Harrison of West Georgia had a 4.90, Colton Miller of UCLA 4.95, and Joe Noteboom of TCU with a 4.96. So compared to that, and compared to the fact that the next lowest was nearly three tenths of a second faster than him, that's rough for Orlando Brown. So it'll be really interesting again if he comes into his pro day if he's able to kind of repair himself and how much this hurts him in terms of the the when we actually get to the NFL draft and where he eventually lands uh, but that was that was really the big thing uh, it was nice to see Desmond Harrison put up a nice 40 um, he only clocked in at 292 pounds six feet six remember he had the he was a medical exemption from the senior bowl 
So, but unfortunately, we didn't didn't get to see him. But uh, good for him putting up a good forty time. Will Hernandez, though, my boy, thirty seven bench press reps. I mean, the the dude's a mauler. Dude's dude is just so good. Six two three twenty seven. Uh, five one four forty. He's good. He's he's really good. I would I would definitely have him as one of the higher targets. Um, probably. I don't know if he's gonna last until the Panthers' second round pick, which is number fifty five. I think he's probably gonna be a top fifty, maybe even the top forty pick. Uh, could even sneak into the first round with some of these numbers. So unless they want to move up to grab him or or take him in the first round. I, I wouldn't have a problem if they took him in the first round, too. Uh, there are some other uh, intriguing guard options, though, too. Again, we talk, talked about Isaiah Wynn. Uh, he came in at 6'2", a little less than 6'2 and a half, 313. Uh, 33 and 3 inch arms, 8.5 inch hands. Uh, didn't run the 40, though, but... Still one of the one of the favorites of mine as, as far as the the interior linemen go. Sucked though to see the news about Billy Price, the guard guard slash center out of Ohio State. Turned out he actually tore pectoral muscle during the bench press. So that was that was pretty tough to see. Hopefully it doesn't hurt him too much. You know, it probably depends on you know, how quick he's able to recover, when his kind of time frame is. Hope, hopefully he doesn't fall too far because I think he's still an intriguing prospect. You know, if he's there and, you know, he might still be in, there in the second round. Maybe he falls to the third. But if if this guy starts falling, someone's going to someone's gonna land a pretty good player. You know, it'll just be a matter of getting him recovered from that injury. But... Yeah, I'm, I'm still a fan of Price. He's Again, he's played both positions. They could put him anywhere. So they could play him at guard or perhaps down the line. The Panthers could kick him down to center if uh, Ryan Khalil ends up leaving. So, you know, maybe not this year, but down the line, like I said. So really it'll be, really be, will it be interesting to see how far he falls too, how much that injury kind of, Hurts him. Hopefully it doesn't hurt him too much, though, because like I said, he's he's a very good player. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, so that those are kind of the highlights or some of my thoughts from the on-field workouts and some of the off-field workouts for the running backs and offensive linemen again today right now you've got the quarterbacks and you've got the receivers and tight ends taking their field drills so obviously all eyes will be on some of the quarterbacks uh real quick i i 
I'll share my thoughts on this quick too. I really hate that there was the report that some NFL teams wanted to test Lamar Jackson as a wide receiver. You know, I'm really, really annoyed that we're still even having that discussion. And then I found it really funny that Lamar Jackson comes out and says those reports aren't true. So did the did the media make that story up or what happened? Like what, you know, who, who knows what the truth is? Uh, but, you know, really interesting that Jackson came out and said no one and, and good for him to um, to not test as a receiver. I mean, the kid's a good quarterback. Let, let's be real here. He's a good quarterback. There's no reason you need to test him as a wide receiver. He, he could be better than some of the guys you have starting right now. You know, maybe because of that, he decided not to not to do some of the on-field drills. Um, but he, he is going to throw. And let's be honest, that, that's the important thing. I don't care what Lamar Jackson's 40 time is or Josh Allen's or Josh Rosen's. I don't care. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are arguably the two greatest quarterbacks of our generation. And they've had two of the slowest 40 times you will ever see. I mean, Tom Brady going into the combine was probably one of the most unathletic players ever. And Peyton Manning has been slow his entire life. But that's not what this is about. It's not about how fast you run the 40. It's about your throwing motion. It's about your processing. And that's what these guys have. So good on Lamar Jackson for not testing as a wide receiver. So with that, we'll wrap things up here. Uh, next time we'll come back and, you know, don't know if there's going to be a, a pod tomorrow, but hopefully by Monday or Tuesday, I'll try to get one out for you guys, which will kind of recap everything in, in terms of the, of the combine. Again, if you're watching today, like I said, we've got quarterbacks, receivers, and tight ends. Tomorrow is the on-field drills for defensive line and linebackers. And then Monday is the defensive backs. So get ready for Derwin James to put on a show. And as always, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Really do appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the Combine if you're watching it. And again, get ready because not long after that is the start of free agency. So we're ready to buckle down here. So with that, I'm Bill Rossetti. This has been the Locked On Panthers podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Remember to check out all your favorite NFL, MLB, and NBA teams across the Locked On network. And again, another quick shout out. John, John Ledyard's Trevor Sycamore. They are live in Indy giving you their thoughts on the Combine. So go, go check them out. So we'll see you next time right here on the Locked On Panthers podcast. And until next time, take care, my friends. Have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.